Today on Lockdown Red Wings, predicting the Western Conference standings for the 2023-24 season. Your Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I'm a podcast producer for the Daily J, a WWJ News Radio podcast. Well, Scotty's the host over at Lockdown Tigers, as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. Scotty, happy Tuesday, buddy. What's going on? Uh, hey, man, back to five days a week. That's what I'm saying. This for the is, second uh, day in a row. Yeah, we haven't uh, we haven't seen each other um, on a well for us on a Monday in, in quite some time. So. Yeah, and uh, it's a good feeling being back because that means that the season's I'm right around the corner. we're back. <laughs> oh, God, here we go again. Uh, I can't do it. Not again. Not today. Um, but on today's episode, guys, we're going to give you – I think last year we did it all in one episode, and in hindsight we were like, that's a lot of teams. To it was try like and an hour-long episode. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to do it in two different episodes. That means not necessarily tomorrow, but at some point this week we'll give you our Eastern Conference uh, standings predictions episode, but today we're going to do Western Conference standings predictions. I'm still not sure. Is it standings predictions, standing predictions, standings prediction? I don't, I'm not sure if there's two S's on the end of both standings and predictions. Standings prediction is fine. Standings prediction. Okay. Well, don't look at the thumb. Don't look at the, don't look at the, on today's show. Standings. Thing. I mean, like technically they're like, they're both like you, they are also predictions on like each team like plural but like if if you're doing it in terms of like the the final standing like the standings like the the whatever it's fine either way it's really okay all right well i appreciate it so appreciate your help there because it's going to become uh i'm going to need that for when i write the titles and whatnot but anyways (laughs) we're uh we're gonna we're digressing years into this yeah (laughs) listen you're the writer i'm not i have my my grammar is awful but we're two and a half minutes into this episode so let's get into it um we're gonna do this from bottom of the division up uh for the central and the pacific and then we'll give you our uh conference champion at the end who we think is going to go to the stanley cup final we won't tell you and then specify the wild cards as well yes yes um so this past season, let's start with the Central Division, Scotty. This past season, uh, first place was Colorado, followed by Dallas, Minnesota, Winnipeg, Nashville, St. Louis, Arizona, and Chicago. If we're starting from the bottom up, Scotty, in the 2023-2024 season, that's just around the corner, who do you have finishing in eighth place of the Central Division? Uh, I still have Chicago. Uh, I, th- I think that this is going to be another uh, kind of bottom bottoming out probably isn't the right word. Like they did bottom out. They got the number one overall pick. They didn't have the worst record, but um, they like they did that this past year was kind of their bottoming out year. But um, I mean, geez, they they were double digit points behind Arizona and like Arizona stunk. So like that, that would just be a big improvement for them to climb out. I obviously they have one of the most talked about prospects. And I mean, I'm confident saying in the history of hockey. So we'll see. Uh, how effective he is early on. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, it'll be cool to see Bedard on the ice, but uh, outside of like actual results, I'm, I'm not expecting too much of an improvement. I think they get more than 59 points this year, 
but you know they can improve by 10 points and still be in last place in my eyes yeah i think that they're pretty easy for not just like bottom of the division but fighting for bottom three in the entire league probably yeah. and that's going to be by design uh going into this season obviously having Connor bedard is going to be a help and you know they signed they do have some pretty notable acquisitions at least name wise maybe not in their prime anymore but guys like bobby or i'm sorry Corey perry uh they have on their team now they have taylor hall who they acquired yeah. uh obviously Connor bedard's the big one and they, but if you look at the makeup of this roster, I mean, they signed Andreas Athanasio to a four million dollar contract for two years. Oh, he's yeah. not worth that much money. That screams like we're trying to get to the cap floor. They have four guys, or they have three guys they're paying still from buyouts. They have dead cap, and they have recapture penalties. Like they, they are a team that is designed to bottom out, and they're going to do just that. And like I said, that's by design. So I agree with you. They're eighth place in the Central Division for me, pretty easily. Yeah. Um, Next, I have, uh, again, kind of just like chalk two teams in, but I have Arizona being the second worst team uh, in this division. I think that, I don't know, man, like they are still in a position as well where they are taking on so much outside money. Like that's how they're reaching the the cap floor is just by Mm -hmm. like getting salary dump trades to them. Uh, I, I don't mind their draft. Uh, I, I haven't minded their last couple of drafts, to be honest with you. I, I think that Arizona, you know, we can talk about the off the ice nonsense that they're a part of every season and 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 whatnot and all the, the, the butt of the jokes for sure. But strictly on the ice, I kind of like the young like player pool that they are uh, accumulating there. I think that they uh, they could be trending in a decent direction, but it's just far too early. I think, uh, uh, again, it, they're either seventh or eighth, it wouldn't shock me, but I, I think that they are pretty comfortably worse than the six teams ahead of them that we're about to talk about, but uh, you know, still have a little bit of a cushion on Chicago too. I hesitate to say they're a team on the up and up because I agree. I feel like agree, we've said yeah. that about the coyotes for the last 10 years. Well, but, you know, they, like the players I'm excited about aren't at the NHL level yet. <laughs> so, I, like, you know what I mean? Like with the exception of Clayton Keller, he is sure, legit. Sure. I love Clayton sure. Keller. Yes. Yeah, uh, but they have Clayton Keller. They made some notable acquisitions of Jason Zucker, Alexander Kerfoot, Nick Bukestad, Matt Dumble, all those guys on pretty sizable yeah. contracts. Like there, there's a lot of money invested in a lot of players. Like Arizona's clearly trying to get out of the basement sometime soon. But I and I think that they could encroach on St. Louis in the divisional standings because I think St. Louis isn't going to be, you know. I don't want to call them a contender because they weren't a contender last year, but they're not going to be a faux contender, a faux tender, if you will, for much longer. I think despite the fact that they have Cairo and Thomas, they, they might be looking at a rebuild here uh, sooner rather than later, later, because I don't think they have much outside of that, but I'm getting into my next pick. I agree with you, Arizona at seven, um, but this might be the last year that they're that low. Yeah, I agree. Like I said, I, I, I don't mind like, in a, you know, talking about the future. I don't mind. Arizona kind of taking small steps forward here over the next couple of years. Um, but I, I think that this year, if at the end of the season, they're picking in the top like seven again, I think that that's probably kind of what they want. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, Scotty, I'm going to go, I'm going to lead here with my six. I kind of teased it. So I might as well. Uh, St. Louis blues, I think are, is an easy pick to just be kind of, they're going to be in that middle ground where they're not going to be good enough to make the playoffs, but they're not going to be bad enough to really bottom out. They have some really great players on this team, young players on this team, Jordan Cairo, Robert Thomas, 25, 24, both signed a big time contracts. You know, they got good Pavel Buchnevich. 
and they have a lot of money tied up in their defensive uh, defense with Justin Falk, Tory Krug, uh, Colton Pareko. Apologies. Um, but they didn't really make any big offseason acquisitions outside of signing. Well, God, J- Jordan Cairo was already September 2022. That was a year ago. That felt like it was just yesterday. Crazy. But they're all the way up against the cap. They only have like $200,000 in cap space as of right now. As we record this, they don't have any room to maneuver. And Jordan Bennington has proven that he's not really a starting goaltender in the league these last couple of years. And so if they can't address that problem, I don't I don't see them as a, as a playoff contender. I really don't. I think that this it feels almost like a cop-out to be like, oh, we see these guys finishing in the same spot they did last year, you know, 8-7-6. But I really think that's going to be how it is. I think, you know, Chicago – not Chicago. Arizona's on their way up. And St. Louis is on the way down, but I don't think that those paths are crossing as of yet. So I still have St. Louis finishing sixth. Yeah, you know, th- this is the one where I I definitely like heavily considered St. Louis below Arizona, honestly. Like mm-hmm. I, I I don't think that they're they were eleven points difference this past season. It wouldn't shock me if that number got even closer. Um yeah, man, I I am not huge on the blues this upcoming season. I Again, like chalk from last year and, and between the two of us so far, just kind of like status quo what they were. But yeah, like I I kind of fully expect St. Louis to be, again, like I, I just, I, I don't think they're, like I, I guess I had a similar conversation with Chicago, but like I think that St. Louis is is better than the two teams we've talked about and like comfortably worse than the two teams we're probably about to talk about. Like I I, I, I think that they're they're kind of in that ground. And then especially once we get into February, like we get into around like, you know, February, March, we approach the trade deadline. Um, I don't know. It wouldn't shock me if they were in like hardcore sell mode, to your point, which would only then uh, kind of tank them down the standings even more in the last couple of months of the season. Yeah. And I could be wrong because they do have a relatively young team, though, too. And that's the thing that makes them hard to predict. They had a bad year last year and they lost some core pieces at the deadline and whatnot. But they are still a relatively young year, uh, young team, despite that. I mean, their offensive core is made up of mostly guys in their 20s. They only have three guys on their forward core that yeah. are over 30 years old. Defense, they're kind of like the wings where it's a lot of young to mid 30s. And that's where they're going to really that's where they're going to struggle like a lot like the Red Wings. But if that offense can outscore their the defense's shakiness, I mean the defensemen they have that are in their 30s are are pretty solid. So I I look at how they performed last year and I feel like that's probably god they have Jacob Vrana. I actually legitimately forgot about that. I forgot that they had Jacob Vrana now. Vrana. Man. They're going to have to have a breakout year for some of these players and you know, we'll see, but I don't see, I see them as being a sixth place team. I don't know if they're going to be any better than the teams ahead of them. Um, we, we got to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, the rest of the teams in the central and just try and power through that, get to the Pacific and get you guys an episode timely here in uh, 30 minutes. But first I got to talk to you guys today about FanDuel. snap into action. This NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. When you place a $5 bet, that's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash lockdown and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Visit FanDuel.com and use promo code LOCKDOWN to kick off the NFL season. Segment two. Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Scotty and I are talking about our standings, predictions, 
Um, right now, very chalky. Very chalky. Yes, Scotty, do you want to give me your number five pick? I would love to, Brian. I'm going to go with the Winnipeg Jets. I'm finally going to go off chalk here. Um, yeah. So honestly, of a, a small part of me, obviously, I did not go through with it, but a small part of me. Wanted to put Winnipeg even at six, but I couldn't justify them below St. Louis in my brain. Um, but I, I think Winnipeg is going to fall pretty hard this year. I don't think they're going to be in serious contention. Uh, they lost some pretty notable pieces. Uh, and also just like the way that it, things ended last year was just really sour. I, I, I don't know. I think there's still a lot of discombobulation happening in there. I, I think they're going to only sell off more pieces as the season goes along. And they're a team like a huge sell at the deadline candidate for me. Like, I, I think that, you know, none of this is guaranteed. They play the games for a reason, but um, I, I think that Winnipeg, you know, if they're sitting in, in late February and you're looking around and it's, it's uh, it's the Jets in, in in fifth or or sixth place in this division. I think that you could see kind of a a hardcore sell off there um, going into the deadline. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna have them at uh, what is that fifth? Yeah, I mean I agree with you that I just don't think that this Winnipeg Jets team has much. This core is gonna stick together much longer. It's been pretty well documented that there's a lot of turmoil. toxicity. Yeah, turmoil in the locker room. And it doesn't sound like they like each other. It doesn't sound like they like the coaching staff. I feel like that team's about to blow up here. But to of note, they did acquire in the Pierre-Luc Dubois trade, um, yeah. Gabriel Velarde. talent. Like, yeah, that's, that's the thing. crazy like, thing. They, they still have talent and goal scoring on their roster. And goaltending. Connor yeah. Hellbuck is fantastic. But it For sounds sure. like Hellbuck wants out. It sounds like, um, oh, I'm drawing a blank on the name. But there's several players that, that sound like they want out of Winnipeg. And, that's why I, I struggle. Like I, I could, some of them coming here. <laughs> I could almost, I honestly could almost put Winnipeg below St. Louis. I honestly, could that's, that was what I, yeah, I was in the same boat. I, I think they're going to fall pretty hard. I agree like I, I'm probably just staying safe and that's why I have St. Louis underneath Winnipeg. But I just feel like this Winnipeg team's on, on the cusp of breaking out. They did also uh, sign Laurent Brossard, who had a pretty good year as okay. a backup with Vegas. Uh, as well so their goaltending is stacked they have a lot of good goal scoring but it just it seems like they don't like each other and if you don't like each other you're not gonna win hockey games and that's been the case for several several years now uh with this winnipeg jazz hockey team i don't know when and where this team's gonna finally decide enough is enough but i don't think i think if, it's this year <laughs> if you can't get along in the locker room you're not gonna make the playoffs you know it's just yeah well and like i said if if things aren't going well they're gonna sell and sell hard at the deadline they're gonna yeah. be one of those teams that has the some of the biggest assets to sell off and that's a pretty easy transition like th this division's just pretty status quo like then okay like I, I i'm just flipping winnipeg and nashville i have nashville at four i will say uh nashville is not a playoff team for me however i think i'm gonna roll with three playoff teams in the central and five in the pacific rather than the the traditional four and four um i I think Nashville will be solid. I think they'll be around 90 points again. They're kind of just like that consistent, going to be a threat, you know, might be one of the worst teams to make the playoffs, might be one of the best teams to miss it. They're kind of right in that middle ground. Um, their offseason was, uh, you know, fine. I don't think they really made any huge additions, but didn't lose anybody huge either. Uh, yeah, they had 92 points last year. I expect them to be somewhat around that. Maybe they pick up a few points with, with Winnipeg falling if that ends up happening. Maybe they're closer to that 95-ish total, but um, – 
yeah, I'm going to have uh, them at fourth, but not making the playoffs. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that one as well. If we Shocker, we have a lot of the same opinions super on things. Good, uh, super good discussion. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, their their big, biggest acquisition was their general manager. Their general manager yeah. of uh, David Poyle uh, stepped down after literal decades with the team, and Barry mm-hmm. Trotz took over. So a new vision in the front office there. They acquired Ryan, Ryan O'Reilly. He was their big offseason Red sign. Wing, Barry Trotz. Yes. <laughs> Uh, and they also got Gus Nyquist, Luke Shen, Cody Glass. They really stocked up on kind of middle of the pack forwards, like depth forwards and depth defensemen, uh, with the exception of Ryan O'Reilly. But Ryan O'Reilly's, you know, not the same Ryan O'Reilly he used to be. He had a, yeah. a meager 30 points last year and 53 games played. He's def- his production's gone down. He's definitely one of your just, uh, what do you call it, veteran leaders in the locker room, it feels like. But with the goaltending that they have with UC Soros and some of the best defensemen in the game on their team, I think that that's enough to kind of keep them at fourth, but just outside the playoffs. Um, Scotty, we're still in the central division. We got to pick the pace up here. Um, I'm going to just go quick here. I think that the next three are again, just chalk. I think it's third Minnesota, second Dallas, first Colorado. And I think it's pretty self-explanatory as to why I think those, those teams are just the best design. You can make a case for Minnesota, possibly passing Dallas for second in the division. I don't know what yours looks like, but for me, I got Minnesota, Dallas, and Colorado winning the division again. And I know that's just, it sounds like a cop-out, but the central division's pretty weak. Like your top three are pretty pretty easily your top three, and Colorado stands above the rest. Yeah, I, one of the reasons we started with this conference was because, like, the central is the most boring division. Like, it, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think it's hard to really rearrange these teams and be like super hot takey about it um i so uh, unfortunately i also have minnesota dallas colorado but i for a long time really tried to justify in my head honestly not minnesota over dallas but dallas over colorado like i i'm very very high on the stars this year um i'm never high in the stars and it's bitten me ass so many times i always look at their team and go how (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> I guess like a couple of years ago, that that's that's super fair. It, it, but like, I I love I love the stars like roster. Um, I, I don't know, man. I I really really wanted to, but then I'm looking and I'm like, man, like they were they were one point behind the Abs last year, and the Abs had like crazy injuries. injuries, like at a crazy amount of injuries, and they still finished ahead of Dallas. If if Colorado can even have a remotely decent bill of health. It, it's really hard to not put them at the top. Yeah. I mean, I think Colorado is a top Dallas stars for two reasons. And that's Cal McCarr and Nathan McKinnon. For sure. I think those guys are so unreal that they really carry that team. They did acquire Thomas Tatar. I don't know if you saw that. Thomas oh, Tatar, saw it, the Colorado avalanche, but I mean, you're right. Dallas stars are absolutely stacked. When you look, when you actually take a, a look at their roster, I mean, Jamie Ben, as much as we hate him, he had a Renaissance in his career last year. He had a great yeah. year. Rupe Hintz, Jason Robertson, very good hockey players. Robertson's one of my favorite non-Red Wings in the entire NHL, man. Yeah, and then you got Miro Heiskanen on the back end. Give me me playoff Adi, baby. Yeah, Jake Ottinger. They're they're a deep team on offense and defense. I do like the Minnesota Wild, too. Um, Yeah, for sure. It's just, it's nice that they finally did it. Like, my goodness, man. We talked about, for a decade, we talked about, like, oh, this is the year for the Wild, and they just, like, never did it. And then they finally, like, they finally broke through and were the team that we've been hearing about since I was in high school. Like The problem with the Wild, though, is I fear that if if Boldy, or 
Kaprizov, especially Kaprizov, is like her, then that team doesn't have what it takes. But they, you know, they're yeah, Marco Rossi, Rossi too. That's why these three teams definitely stand above. And I think there are degrees yeah. of separation between each of them. Um, you obviously disagree. You say you think Dallas could be the team that dethrones Colorado, but I think Colorado still is the team. Dallas is probably the most well-rounded out of the three. Um, and then just, I think, I think Minnesota is so top heavy that they, they are in the yeah. divisional race as well. Yep. Um, but there, there's that guys. We're going to get to the Pacific division next. So stay tuned to lockdown Red Wings. But first I got to talk to you guys about Jace medical. Excuse me. Everyone should be empowered to care for their themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you a peace of mind so that you are not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical, make sure you have the medication in hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation and to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Save more than $360 for getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical plus an additional $20 off by using code LOCKDOWN at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com, promo code LOCKDOWN. Segment three, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Scotty and I are doing our Western Conference standings predictions. Uh, just to recap, I think we were the same for the Central I think we, we literally were exactly the same. The entire Chicago, world. Arizona, St. Louis, Winnipeg, Nashville, Minnesota, Dallas, Colorado, going yeah. from top to bottom. Um, with the only change we had from last year being Nashville surpasses Winnipeg, or more like Winnipeg falls past Nashville. Yeah. It's more realistic to what it what it is. Uh, we got to power through this the Pacific Division. Scotty, Pacific Division, lead us off. I am going to start with. Uh, Eighth place, I have the San Jose Sharks. Um, I don't really think too much needs to be said. We're going to have to do like a crazy in-depth like analysis on the Sharks. They were not good last year. They were actively trying uh, to get Bedard and get the number one overall pick. They still got a decent draft pick, um, but they traded away. Like they're really only consistent point producer. And now here we are. So, yeah, I'm going to have them finishing eighth. Yeah, I agree with you. I have uh, San Jose finishing eighth as well. They're not a good hockey team. Uh, and, again, that is by design. But they do have Phil Zadina and Giovanni Smith. Oh! <laughs> well, in that case. First in the division. Give me a playoff for it. <laughs> uh, yeah, not, like you said, not much has to be said about them. For me, seventh place, I have the Anaheim Ducks. Um, they are a team, I, they have a deep prospect to, pool and they have a couple of really good players. I think Troy Terry doesn't get enough love because Trevor Zegers is the flashy one, but I think Troy's, Troy Terry is going to be like the building block for that team. I think he is the core of that team going forward with Trevor Zegers being a nice compliment, complimentary piece, but Troy Terry is very good. And he signed a seven year deal, $7 million this past off season as well at just 26 years old. I say just, but that's the same age as Larkin. Um, just about Larkin's a little bit older by about a year, but I, I think that this team is on the up and up, but I don't think they have what it takes to surpass the other teams ahead of them, but they do get out of the bottom. They get to seventh into the division. I agree with you. I, uh, I, I have the ducks at seven. Everybody knows I, uh, I love me some Anaheim ducks. Um, 
Yeah, I I agree with you about Terry. I think that their goaltending situation is a disaster. Uh, John Gibson like doesn't even sound like he wants to be there anymore. And even when he is on the ice, he's not great anymore. So well, we'll he see wants what happens to win. There. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, but uh, the biggest thing for me, uh, you kind of alluded to it, is the 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 prospect pool they have building over there is really good. I also really like their head coach hire, uh, Greg Cronin. That's uh, there you go, first year head coach over there. I think that's kind of exciting for them. Um, but yeah, the, the biggest thing for me, uh, I am very excited for a like full real season out of Mason McTavish, who's younger than Zegris and obviously much younger than Terry, but, uh, is, is even younger than Zegris still. So uh, he kind of got like fourth line work and, you know, and like some spot opportunities last year, but I'm excited for like a full real, like give him an ap- actual opportunity season of, uh, of a former, you know, top three pick in the draft. So yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'm pretty excited for uh, for the Ducks. I know a lot of people here don't like the Ducks, but I this iteration of the Anaheim Ducks, I uh, I'm, I kind of like. So we'll see. And I think following that sixth place, I have the Vancouver Canucks. I think this is a team that has got to figure it out and realize that this core is not going to be a core. They want to do the rebuild on the fly thing. And what's funny is they don't have a single forward that, well, with the exception of JT Miller, who is 30 or older, and JT Miller being 30 years old. But it's like they're filling their team with a bunch of like top to bottom, just okay players. I think the best player on their team, without a doubt, is their new captain, Quinn Hughes. Quinn Hughes is amazing. But like they acquired Philip Horonic for a first round draft pick. Philip Horonic's not going to, he's not going to take you to a Stanley Cup. He's a nice like second pair defenseman at best, get you power play minutes, but he's not worth a first round pick. You know, they got Pew Suter to fill out in their bottom, and I love Pew Suter, but like I'm just looking at their roster, and yeah, their offense is very young. But I don't see anyone outside of like a Elias Pettersson who is going to really carry this team to the next level. Elias Pettersson is legit, and I love Elias Pettersson. But Quinn Hughes and Elias Pettersson are really it, I feel. And I don't think, I don't know. I, I feel like this team isn't built to succeed the way it is. I agree with you. I I, I think uh, again, like kind of chalky here at the bottom. I think we'll have a little bit more excitement in uh, in the top five in this one than we did in the central. But yeah, like I don't really have too much else to add. I, I just I feel like Vancouver is they're just like the epitome of a sixth place team. Like you know what I mean? Like they they will beat the the teams that are actively trying to lose and get like the number one overall pick consideration and they will lose to all of the teams that are like better than them and that are in like legitimate playoff contention. Um, And yeah, they need to pull the plug like two years ago, but you know, here we are. So I, I think that they're another, they won't be as bad or sorry, they will be worse rather than the, uh, than the Winnipeg jets. But I think they're another candidate where like come trade deadline, they're going to be one of the, uh, the premier kind of trade deadline team targets for a lot of people. I mean, they're one of those teams and we see, we've seen it firsthand, like rebuilding on the fly just doesn't really work. Yeah. And so it's, it sucks. Cause they've kind of already gone through the full, it feels like they've gone through the strokes of a, a rebuild. I was saying just a couple of years ago that I thought they were going to be, you know, one of the up and comer teams when Elias Pettersson and Estro Demko first broke onto the scene. Um, but it just feels like they, 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 it's just not there. It doesn't feel, it doesn't feel like it's there. I can't really give you more details and my gut just feels like it's not there for Vancouver with its current build. They got good players, but it doesn't feel like they're meshing to be a competitive team long-term. Yeah. Agreed. Anyways, spent too long on Vancouver. Uh, okay. Let's move on. What's the next team I got on my list. Oh, my first wild card team. And that is the Calgary flames. 
Um, God, this is a team that if there's any team from the Pacific, I think could miss the the, the playoffs. It's it could be the Calgary Flames. This is another team that I just feel is they they kind of hit their peak a couple years ago when they had Matthew Kachuk and uh, Johnny Goudreau. Holy crap, that name slipped my mind. There, it's like are you forgetting like Johnny Hockey? Yeah, he was, <laughs> and I do think they'll bounce back a little bit this year. Uh, with Huberto and Uyghur, I think that the Huberto you saw last year was an outlier. I think he's better than that. Uh, but I don't think it, it's going to get them into like a divisional race standings position. But I think they're going to be good enough to make it into the playoffs. Yeah, I uh, my next one is actually the Kraken. Um, really? I'm, I'm pretty you high on Calgary back. having a having a bounce back year. And um, I, I, I don't think like low of the Seattle Kraken. I, I I don't think that they're bad. They I still, again, like I have them as a wild card team. That's my first wild card team as well. Um, but I, I have them at fifth. Like, you know, they, they got exactly a hundred points last year. They're still so young. Uh, like if, if they went out there and put up a, a 95 point, 96 point still playoff caliber season, I don't think that would, that would really shock me. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I, I, I love the Kraken, Matty Beneers, like, you know, I almost just dropped an F bomb, Michigan man. Like that, like that, you know, like I, I, uh, I'm a big fan of what they got doing. Obviously last year was way, they exceeded everybody's expectations last year. So I guess in my brain, it's kind of like, Oh, you know, last year was the huge jump forward. Maybe they plateau for a year, like, and don't take another huge step forward again. Like they're kind of around that 96 to hundred points. Uh, season. I don't think Calgary is going to be like way better than them. I don't have Calgary at like 110 or anything, but um, yeah, I, I think that those will be very comparable teams by season's end. I think you could be looking at, um, you know, at the end of the year, both of those teams kind of jockeying for, for playoff seating. That's really interesting uh, that you think Seattle, I guess Cal, you have more Calgary is going to take a step back and are uh, going to bounce back and surpass yeah. Seattle. And I could see it. They had a new head coach as well. A lot of their problems last year is Daryl Sutter didn't know how to deploy his best yeah. talent. And that team just stunk. Uh, so I do think they're going to bounce back. And that's why I do think they will make a wild card berth. But I don't think they're going to rise in the divisional standings. I think the rest of the division is so deep as well. The other three teams, yeah. I think, had 100 points in the uh, this past year in yeah. that division. Yeah. All four of their playoff teams had – the Seattle was fourth with 100. So. Yeah, and that gets me to my my fourth place team in the division. I think it's going to be LA Kings. Yeah. So fair. I I and that's not a slight against the Kings. It's more about how I think it's going to be a very tight race at the top of this central or this Pacific division. Um, I'm just looking at the other teams, and I think that they are a little bit better. I really don't have a good analysis for you as to why I think the LA Kings are going to fall to fourth and still a wild card berth. Other than I I, it's just a gut feeling. I I think it, when it comes down to it. They probably have this. Mm, I just don't trust their goaltending very much right now with the LA Kings. They have a lot of really good other things going for them, but Phoenix Copley last year finished with like just barely a 900 save percentage, a little higher than that. Where Cam Talbot was like eight, whatever, and he's over 35 years old. I think their goalie goaltending is highly suspect, and I think that's going to give them or have them slide back a little bit in the standings, but still make the playoffs because they have. A lot of really other a lot of really good things going for them. Otherwise, otherwise, they did acquire Pierre Luc Dubois in the offseason as well. They still have Anze Kopitar, who signed a massive extension. He's amazing. Uh, so they got, like I said, other good things going for them. But I think they're my fourth place team. 
Yeah, I, I don't blame you. I've uh, I've gone back and forth a lot. Part of me really just wanted to like plant my flag in like the Calgary Flames and have them as like my third place team and have LA also as my fourth place team. But I don't know if I have the stones to do it. Um, so I'll I'll go Calgary here. I I, I do. I, I really am like a big believer in the bounce back year from the Flames. Like obviously this past season was nowhere close to the peak that they had reached a couple of years ago. As you said, obviously they lost some, like, you know, one of the <laughs> biggest point producers in hockey uh, to free agency when uh, when Goudreau left. But um, I, I still think there's a very, very talented core here. I think that uh, just learning how to play without, like, such a puck-dominating player, like, it like took a little bit of adjusting. Um, they they missed the playoffs by two points last season. Like it's not like you know their down year was was a ninety three point season was like their big step back. I I am a, a firm believer in Calgary like around a hundred points. I I uh, that'll be something that I I kind of take a take a doozy over into into FanDuel and uh, and take a look at what their preseason point totals is projected at because I, I I really am a, a pretty big believer. In, they also had 17 overtime losses last year, which literally led the NHL. So, like, you, you got to imagine that that finds its level a little bit. Obviously, some of those will just be regulation losses. But, like, you know, if you if you tilt it the other way and and uh, and water finds its level, even if, like, two or three of those are wins instead of OT losses, you're talking about a playoff team. So, yeah, I, I'm a pretty big uh, – I'm a pretty big believer in the Flames this year. I, I really want to – you know what? Just for the sake of it, let's do it. I'm gonna have LA at four, uh, and I'll put Calgary at three. Find your flag because we're I'm... already here. Yeah, why not? I've already tooted their horn enough. There's, there's really no point in going back now. So, yeah, and I really like LA. Like I, I didn't know. I haven't really like love this take. I think this might be just like a bad take that I'm currently saying. But like, uh, yeah, like I, I think LA's young. I think that they have the chance to be, you know, a uh, uh, 102 to 107, maybe even eight you know, maybe even push 10, who knows, like point team for the foreseeable future. Um, yeah, I, I like the Kings a lot, but uh, if I have them kind of plateauing at around 100, 102 points next season, then uh, maybe I just go crazy and think Calgary is going to take a huge step forward. Why not? That's fair. Uh, my third place team I have is the Edmonton Oilers. Um, wow. You there's... really like the Kraken. I really like the Kraken. Clearly. So like it. my thoughts on the Oilers are the thoughts that I've had every year. They're going to outscore their problems. And that's why they're going to make it, you know, a third place in the division. They got Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisettle, Ryan Nugent Hopkins had over 100 points last year as well. But they still have very good defense and they still have very good goaltending. And that's going to hold them back from rising above that. Um, yeah, that's all I got to say about the Edmonton Oilers at three. Yeah, fair enough. I'm still going to, like I said, I, I, I'm going to have Calgary at three and LA at four. Um, I guess I'll just transition that into my two is going to be the Edmonton Oilers. Um, yeah, I, I, I still expect the Oilers to get around like 50 regulation wins. Like I, I, you're right. And I think that that'll be an issue come playoff time because it always is. But I think as far as regular season hockey goes, um, that's, it's, it's a, that's a different beast. And uh, they, they are going to outscore most of their opponents. Like, yeah. <laughs> they like they are. They they have the best player in hockey on their team. Uh, I mean, they have arguably two of the top like four or five best players in hockey on their team. I mean, they they are unbelievably top heavy and talented, and that will take them a long way. Yeah, barring injury, I I still expect Edmonton to be around 108 plus points. 
Yeah, and that takes me to where I'm planting my flag, which is the Seattle Kraken. I'm taking right. a swing for the fences on this one. Uh, they had a really bad first year in the NHL, but came together for them last year where they finished, I think, third in the division. Uh, I think they're going to take it a step fourth, for, yeah. fourth in division. I think they're going to take another step forward this year, finish second in the division. Uh, I really like the way they play hockey. It is the de- definition of team game. They got a lot of playmakers on that team, a lot of role players on that team. They're kind of like, if I'm going to be honest, they're like a Vegas Golden Knights light where the only, I think the Vegas Golden Knights play that similar style where it's a team game. Everyone on that team contributes. They just have the star power on top of it. You have yet to see which players on the Seattle Kraken can become uh, the, the star players, but I really like them. I think Maddie Beneers can be their star player for sure. Uh, shout out Maddie Beneers again, but they play such a good team game. I, I love the way that they play hockey. Uh, and that leads me to my first pick, and that's Vegas. Again, a team that plays an incredible system game, but also has the star power to, uh, on top of that, you get a full season of Jack Eichel. They might end up being even better. I think they're the, they're, they're the team in this division who is like head and shoulders above the rest. Like they are up and down their roster, a complete hockey team. Yeah. I, you know, going into this, I was just like inherently looking for a way to have them fall because I, I think that a lot of people just look at like previous champion and just go, Oh yeah. Like they're going to get first in their division. Obviously when like, honestly, very often that's not the case the following year. Um, but then that the point that you just made was the difference maker for me, man. Like they're already so deep. Um, and now they're getting a full season of, of Eichel, you know, He's like only a, 26, by the way. Right. Yeah. Correct. Well, yeah, this will be his age 27 season. Yeah. It's like crazy. Th- it's, it feels like it's, it's 35. Right. <laughs> it's just, it's wild. How, well, I mean, their entire, their entire cold, like this entire team is basically in their mid twenties. I guess, you know, they, they have some, they have some veterans on the blue line there, but like, I mean, man, they, they still have a, 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 a young enough core where like, this is going to be a relatively sustainable product for the next few years. And, yeah, like I said, like I, I, I it's the conversation of, of top heavy star power versus depth right at the top of this division for me between Vegas and Edmonton. But the the kicker for me to not have them fall and and not just, you know, have them fall just because uh, was was the full season of Jack Eichel thing, man. I, I it, it's really hard for me to look at 111 points, a Stanley Cup champion and. Now they're going to get one of their best players for a full season instead of half a season next year. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, we had to crown a Western Conference champion, a guy, the team that we think is going to the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, let's see, who do I, who do I think is going to make it? You can tell I didn't think too hard about this before we got on the episode and started recording. I, I almost want to. Oh man, I'm between two teams and. For the sake of just having, not necessarily because it's impossible to predict, right? Like yeah. we're probably we're more than likely going to be wrong, and whoever we pick going to the Stanley Cup final. So I almost want to swing for the fences again, yeah, and just be like, do it. I'm doing it. I like Dallas, man. Oh, well, that was going to be mine. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, and I was going to pick Dallas for real. Dallas is my Western Conference champ. I thought you were going to swing for the fences and just ride the Kraken with Go how the Kraken. high you were on them. I I am. I am high on them, and mainly because I also see them as, like, they're the prototype of what the Red Wings are trying to build. Yeah. Like, they I, don't have the superstar. The Red Wings need to go the Carolina Hurricanes or the uh, Seattle Kraken route. 
Yeah, I well, I last year, this past postseason, I uh, I had Dallas making it out of that conference just past season. I I've been a huge fan of Dallas, man. I I again, like if if there's one team that I think can kind of dethrone Colorado at the top, I I think it's gonna be them. I yeah, I, I was gonna Dallas is my pick. Like that I feel dirty though saying it. Defenses conference. I feel dirty though saying it because of Jamie Ben, but yeah, I mean, course. yeah, it's no, nobody likes Jamie Ben here. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to to make it sound like I'm a, you know, I'm I'm a huge Jamie Ben fan. But okay, so there you have it, guys. Um, can't wait to do the Eastern Conference one. Obviously, we're a bit more knowledgeable about the Eastern Conference because well, that's I the also think the East in. would just give us a, like, especially the Metropolitan man. Like, I, I think there will be a lot more shuffling around. Like, I feel like the West is relatively Safe. outside of the, the the eighth wild card. Like, the West is relatively chalky. I, I tell you though, the team I'm most unsure on is St. Louis. I on I said I was, they're going to stay at six where they were, but I could see them going either way in the standings yeah, with sure. who they have on their roster. So the team I'm most unsure about was St. Louis. Um, the team I think the biggest swing on was for sure Seattle. <laughs> Big time. Um, all right, Scotty, let's wrap it up. We're way past time, but you know that's how these episodes tend to go. Do you have any final thoughts? Uh, we ball. We ball. We're back with a new episode tomorrow. We should have a special guest for you guys, but I won't say it yet in case it doesn't work out. Um, so stay tuned. Give us your guys' standings prediction standings predictions in the comments below uh, and let us know if you think we're smart or dumb uh, in particular Scotty so stay tuned <laughs> to Lockdown Red Wings same time same place Sorry. your team every day every day every day